So let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace to, to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. I thank you, Father, that you are faithful and you are just. And Father, we look to you. We thank you for you are the source of everything that we are in need of and even desire. Father, we ask that you would place your desires in our hearts in the name of Jesus. And we submit to the Lordship of Jesus, the Kingship of Jesus. And Father, as we celebrate the resurrection, last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday that the world recognized. But as Christians, we, we celebrate all year round. Father, I pray that you'll grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe, what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards them that believe. Father, I pray that you'll strengthen them, cause them to come into a greater understanding. We thank you, Father, for meeting our spiritual needs, meaning our natural material, material needs, meaning, meaning our physical needs in Christ, even our social or mental needs. We give your name glory and honor. Grant unto me your son and your servant supernatural utterance that I may boldly may know the mystery of the gospel. Father, make my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. We thank you. Just lift up your hands. And let's worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you for the, the broken body of Jesus, that, is, that he was broken so that we can be healed. I thank you that his blood was shed so that we can be forgiven. And Father, I thank you that our broken fellowship with you and one another has been mended or been restored through Christ. And we receive, say, I receive, I receive. everything that Jesus died for. Jesus died. Holy Spirit, Holy apply, the apply the work of the cross to my life. To my life. Help, me to live out Help me to live out this freedom, this freedom that, Jesus that Jesus died to give me. To give. We worship you for that and we thank you. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We worship you. We give your name, glory, and honor. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's a good day. Um, I feel high, like I'm up high. <laughs> um, but uh, God is good. I, I'm going to talk about the covenant of healing. <clears throat> healing is, is, is definitely something that needs to be taught more here at our church. And I'm going to give you 10, uh, at least 10 scriptures to affirm the will of God concerning your physical body. God has provided healing for his people in the redemptive work of Christ. Often, what, what do we usually do? We, we, when we look at the cross and the work of Jesus, we only look at it as, as it relates to our sins. But I want you to see that I was explaining to a friend Recently, and he's excited about the gospel. He's, he's a missionary, and we went to the same school, but he, he, he's focusing a lot on what well, he says. You know, everywhere I go, I just preach the gospel. And I said, well, if the gospel that you preach does not include the holistic or the whole man or the whole woman is not the full gospel. 
And what, what has happened is that some of the church has focused only upon the, the forgiveness of our sins. Are y'all familiar with that? You may grow to go to church and for years and 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 hear nothing but that Jesus died for your sins and that you, he wanted you to be forgiven. He provided heal, uh, um, forgiveness for, for us. <clears throat> but I want to submit to you that there's so much more. Not only did he take care of the sin problem, but he took care of the physical problems as well as the financial problems, as well as the social problems that that I believe that we are walking beneath our privileges as children of God. I, I don't think that we're taking a full advantage of what Jesus actually died to give us. That is is much more than just the forgiveness of sins, but it's also the healing for our physical bodies, which I'm which I'm going to focus on today, also for our financial needs, also for our social needs and our mental needs. Are y'all with me this morning? Yes. That, that, that Jesus took care of our whole existence, that his work was not just majoring on a sin only. And often, as you read throughout the scriptures, um, Jesus dealt with, in the New Testament specifically, he dealt with not only the sin problem, forgiving people of their sins, but he also took care of their physical problems. How many know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That if he healed in, in the Bible days, he is still in the healing business. And I think that we as a church need to come up higher and, and take advantage of our covenant of healing. Yeah. I, I haven't preached much about healing. If you've been around here a year or two or maybe five or six, um, you know that I haven't preached much about it, and I do apologize for that. We, we do need to emphasize this just as much as we emphasize the forgiveness of our sins, that there's healing in the intoning work of, of Christ. I was meditating on, there's a song that the Clark sisters wrote, and um, sung and recorded back in 1986, 87. And um, it's called, There's a Bomb in Gilead. There's a healer. And, and, and Christ has provided healing for us. I think we're so quick when we're sick, right? We're so quick to go to the doctor. We're so quick to look to the medicine. But I, I don't want you not to do that, you know, because yeah, some people may die for not doing that. And there's some natural remedies that you can do as well. But I want us to look to the Lord, the great physician. Be quick to look to him and say, Father, I know that you provided this for me. So, Father, I want to receive this in my physical body. Uh, let me just show our hands. How many have actually received? And I'm talking about just through doctors. And, you know, you know we're not against doctors, right? All right. So we're not... There's people who say, you know, it's a sin to go to a doctor. That is not true. God has provided, um, given men and women wisdom as it relates to the natural body. They spend years and years and years studying the, um, the anatomy of the body and looking at disease and medical science. And they bring that here. Um, they bring that. They get licensed. They graduate from school. They get licensed. And they, they prepare to minister to the natural body. And, and, and if it wasn't for them, a lot of the doctors and nurses and those in the, and the researchers in that field 
we would, some of us would be dead, you know, if it wasn't for them or we would be dealing with some type of sickness or disease that we had no, no freedom over. And so I, what I want to do is I, I want us to answer this question. How many have actually received physical healing from the Lord? I'm not just talking about just through a, a doctor. I'm talking about you prayed and you, you know, have scriptures or perhaps you were in a healing service and the Lord touched your physical body. Who actually received healings? Okay, that's about half, half of you all. Uh, I want us to get to a place that we are quick to receive. It's easy to receive from God. Healing is easy. Everybody say healing is easy. It's easy to receive from God. Come on, come on. Let, let's, let's, besides Sister Frankie, let's join. Say, it's easy to receive from God. It's easy to receive from God. Okay, healing always comes. I just want you to know that healing always comes. Healing is provided for us. And so this is what we're going to do is we're going to go through the scriptures, and I want you to see this for yourself, that you have, you and I have a covenant of healing. Uh, many believers around the world failed to receive what, what, had, what was provided for them at the cross. Uh, if you think about even forgiveness of sin, we're quick to, when, when we mess up, and we do mess up, right? Let me see all the hands of people messed up. Some of y'all just messed up this morning, okay? Um, when we mess up, what we need to do is be quick to run to the cross and to say, Father, I come before you on the basis of the blood. I ask for your forgiveness, and I ask that you was forgive me, and I confess it, and I trust you to remove it from me. And how many know that he will do that? All right, and so the same way I want us to look at scriptures as it relates to receiving from God our phys physical needs being met. So let's dive into the word of God and, and look. Let's go look at 2 Peter. Go with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Now, if you don't need this at this time, if you don't need this at this time, you will need this somewhere along the line. There will be somebody who in your family, whether it's for you or for someone else, someone who will need the covenant of healing. All right, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, 1 through 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, 1 through 4. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's stop here. Notice that um, Peter is a servant or a slave, an apostle of Jesus, and he's, he's writing this to those who have attained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. And he goes on, he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. How many know that you can have some more grace? You can obtain more grace. You can obtain more, more peace. But notice it comes through what? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. So as your knowledge of God and of Jesus increase, increases, then your grace and your peace will also increase. Amen to that. Look at verse 3. And his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. Notice this, that God has given to us everything that we need for life and godliness. There is nothing that we need that he has not already provided for. Let me say that again. Let this resonate on your hearts, in your hearts and on your mind and in your mind that there's nothing that we need for this life that God has not already provided for us. There is nothing that we need in this life that God has not already provided for us. So everything we need has been given to us through the divine power of God. So we have every say I have, come on. Everything I need for life and godliness. There's nothing that you need in this life that God has not already provided for you. He's made provision for that. And it goes on, it says, um, the knowledge who's called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to, to us his precious and very great what? Promises. So that through them you may become partaker of the divine nature. Notice that God has provided promises for us so that we can partake of his divine nature. So the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, there are the promises of God. There are over 6,000 promises, 6,000 promises that God has made to his people. And today I want to focus on one of them, which is the covenant of healing. Uh, so he's provided his precious and very great promises so that through them you may partake of his divine nature. So notice it's through those promises that we are partaking of his divine nature. And it goes on, it says, having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. And so there are corruption, there's corruption in the world, but we escape that corruption through these promises. Did y'all hear me? We escape the corruption that is present in the world through the promises of God. So whatever he has promised, let's say the promise of protection. There, the corruption is that there's danger in this world. And we have something, if I can say, we have an advantage over the people in the world. And that is we have pro the promise of divine protection. You have the name of Jesus. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the word of God. You have the power of your, in your tongue to, to stop danger from coming to your house. The covenant of promise. Even as Noah and his family went into the, the ark of safety and there was protection for him and his family, there's protection for you and your family. And the Bible says in Psalm 91, he's given his angels charge over you to keep you from all hurt, harm, and danger. He says a thousand will fall at your right side and 10,000 at your left side, but it won't come near you. No plague will come near your dwelling. So there is protection and there is safety. And so I want to emphasize today is the covenant of healing is a covenant that God has only made to his people. Let's take a look at this. Let's start back in Genesis, I mean Exodus. So go with me to Exodus chapter 15. Everybody say the covenant of healing. We know that it is God's will for us to be physically well. He doesn't even want you to put up with sinuses, 
colds or, or anything or cancer. He wants you to walk in his divine healing or divine health. All right, let's look at Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. It says, sin, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases, or none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptian. For I am the Lord your God, for I am the Lord your healer. Now, when it says I will not put a better translation is I will not permit. So I don't want you to think that God is going around putting sickness and disease on people. Are you with me? Did, you, did we ever see Jesus going around putting sickness and disease on people? No, he did the opposite, right? He eliminated sickness and disease from people. He took it off of them. And so the, 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 a better translation is that I will not permit these diseases that, that are permitted on the Egyptian to be upon you. So God's people, all they had to do is to keep his commandments, listen to him, keep his commandments and statute, and God would be their healer. They would have the covenant of healing. Everybody seen this, right? He says, for I am the Lord, your healer. Who's your healer? The Lord. The Lord. And so you should meditate on it. You should be taking notes because you will need this one day. If perhaps you were sickly as a kid, or perhaps you, you, you get sick around when there's flu season, or there's some type of disease going around, or there, there's, um, or maybe as we age, you know, our bodies, or the things, maybe the result of the things that we eat or don't eat, or, or the lack of exercise, you're going to need these healing scriptures. You're going to need to understand your covenant of healing. And even now, you may be dealing with some, some illness or some Ill elements in your, um, in your physical body, but I want you to know that the Lord is your healer. The Lord, this, you have a covenant to claim healing for your physical body. I know people make fun and says, you all are just that health and wealth gospel. Well, what are we supposed to be, the poor and sick gospel? Right? I mean, God wants us to be well. Why? Because our motives is, is to be well is so that we can fulfill our kingdom assignments. So we can live like kingdom citizens. And so when your body is well, you feel much better. Sometimes people want to say that if you're sick, it draws you closer to God. But actually, I've seen the opposite happen. When people get sick, they, they get bitter towards the things of God. And so, so sickness doesn't, there's no blessing in the sickness. I want you to know that. There's no blessing in the sickness. All right, let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91, the covenant of healing. I'm telling you, I, I've been meditating this all week, praying and, and trusting God. And I, I realized, I said, I just haven't really preached a lot about healing. But thank God we are in a new season. Psalm 91, verse 18. Let's start with verse 15. Let's go ahead and start with verse 14. Uh, and let's just jump up to verse 1. All right. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. For I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let's just obey this. Say, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Okay, and it goes on. Let's jump down to verse 7. 
Oh, okay, verse 5. Let's look at verse 5. And you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. So back then they had arrows. We can save bullets. So whether you're in Camden or Newark or whatever city you may be in, you know that there, there's nothing to fear. There may be bullets flying all around you, but it won't come near you. All right, and then it goes on chapters, I mean, verse 6, the latter part says, no destruction that wastes at noonday. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at what? Your side. And 10,000 at your But it will not what come what? <coughs> so you see that a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your left-hand side, but it's not even going to come near you. That's the promises of God. That's your covenant right. You have a covenant right for divine protection. Divine protection. Verse, um, let's look at verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, and the Most High, who is, your, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, nor plague, no plague come near your tent. I think what we have done is we have invited the enemy into our tent or into our house because we co-sign. Oh, everybody's getting the flu. Yeah. You know, something's going around and you co-sign and says, yeah, I think I'm getting a little something. Why would you co-sign on something that Jesus died to get rid of? Why would you agree with what the enemy is doing in the world? Just because everybody's getting doesn't mean that it has to come to your house. I'm telling you, you need, we need to rise up and take our rightful place in Christ. We're not trying to demand anything of God. We're just simply trying to take advantage of what he's given us. He's already provided healing for us. You know, you don't have to pray for, Lord, heal my body. Lord, I receive what you've done in Christ. Lord, I need to, I need to work on the receiving part. If we, ever, if we ever fail to receive prayers unanswered, Physical bodies not being healed, finances not met. I mean, not. I mean, our physical, our, our material, our financial needs not being met. We need to check on ourselves. What is it that I'm not doing? What is what is it I'm, that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing? Am I at a place to receive? It's always the receiver's pro problem, never the sender's problem. Stop blaming God. Start looking at yourself. Am I in unforgiveness? Am I not doing something that God told me to do? Am I doing something that God told me not to do? Am I associating with people that God told me not to be around? The problem is not that God doesn't speak. It's that we're not willing to listen to him. Wow. We're not listen to, willing to obey what he's already said. God has already told you all to do some things, and you're not doing it. Right. I'm telling you, I'm convinced that the people of God have no problem Hearing from God, if the people of God have a problem obeying God. We hear from God all the time. We see stuff in the scriptures. Oh, you know, this is just too hard. No, no that's not for me. No, I'm just going to turn a deaf ear and I'm not going to listen. Or we're in prayer and you're praying, Lord, deliver me from this situation. Deliver me from this situation. And God speaks to you what to do to get your deliverance. And what happens? We don't obey it. So the problem is not that we're not hearing from God. The problem is we're not willing to do what he already spoken to us. There's some things that God's told you to do. So why don't you get up and do it? Why don't you go ahead and walk out what God has told you to do? Let's go continue. It says, um, no evil shall be, be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your dwelling. I love, there's a Swed Swedish uh, Bible that says, no accidents shall come near you. So when I'm driving sometimes, I say, no accidents shall come near me. No accidents. 
I have a right to claim no accidents. Come on, talk to me. That, 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 that's if you're aligning up with the laws of the land, right? And you're not breaking the speed limit and so forth. Okay, verse 11, for he, he will command, I love the fact he commands, his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Let's jump down to verse 14. Because he has, he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. So how does God protect us? Because we know his name. Use his name against danger. If you don't use his name in danger, you cannot claim protection. I claim protection in Jesus' name. The name of the Lord is a what? In the righteous run into it and they are Okay, so use that name. Don't hold the name of Jesus and you don't ever use the name. Amen. I will protect him because he knows my name. And when he calls to me, I will answer. That's a promise. Call on him. Lord, you said if I call, you'll answer. I call you now. You know, people say he may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. But I'm telling you, he'll come when you want him. He will come when you want him. I will call, when he calls to me, I will answer. Notice, I will be with him in trouble, and I will rescue him, and I will honor him. Verse 16, this is my highlight, underline this. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. I'm convinced some Christians, they die too early. Now, some people believe that God has an appointed time for people to die. Oh, at the age of 26, you're going to die. I want to tell you that there are different things that you can do to add to your life, and there are different things you can do to take away from your life. What is one of the promises that God made to children? If you honor the, your children, uh, if you honor your parents with long life, right, your days on the earth will be well, and you'll live long on the earth. That's a promise. So if you obeyed your, your parents and, and your youth, you can claim long life. Now, if you did not, you can ask for forgiveness and say, Lord, have mercy. I need mercy. Amen? So a promise. He says this is the first commandment with what? Promise. So if you honor your parents, he'll give you long life. And then he, he goes on, he says, um, there are certain things you can do to add to your years. One of the things that we do that's short in our days is that we don't rightly discern the Lord's body. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Cleveland read it earlier, he, as he was uh, ministering the uh, communion table, the Lord's Supper, he says, you know, there are many who are sick among you because you don't rightly die, you don't rightly discern the Lord's body. So people have died over the communion table. There are many who die early, or we used to say they die prematurely. So don't be, don't allow the enemy to take you out of here early. Live a long, satisfying life. Live a full, full age. You don't have to die like everybody else. Live, live. I love what William Medell says. Die empty. Dr. Miles says that. Die empty. Get everything that God has get placed inside of you out and then die. Don't die before. Don't die full. Die empty. Amen. So the scripture tells us that with long life, I will satisfy him. I'm telling you, I want you to claim long life if you want to live long. And if you decide to die early, then don't die with sickness and disease. Get healed and then die. Amen. How many know God is more glorified like that? Yeah. That when we die well, 
Not, not, not that a sickness or disease took us out. Say, you know what? Let me prophesy to my children and my grandchildren and let me die. Don't let it be said that you died of cancer. Now, are we to bring judgment or judge people when they die of some kind of sickness? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about anybody else. Well, so-and-so was a great Christian and they died. And they have to receive their healing and walk in their healing just like you and I. So-and-so was a great miracle worker and he died. Guess what? They got to stand and believe God. Just like me, as, a, as, a pastor, as your pastor, I have to believe God for finances. I, have to, I tithe too, right? And I believe God and, and, and sow my seeds just like you do. So just because they may be called to ministry doesn't mean that they have to, they don't, they're, they're, they're not obligated or they're not, um, God does not expect them to do what he's commanded all his children. So the same way with healing. I have to stand for my healing just like you got to stand for your healing. Come on, talk to me. Amen. Man, I've never preached like that. I haven't preached like this in a long time. But I'm telling you, there, there, there's a covenant of healing. Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. I was trying to finish James, but the Lord's like, no, 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 no. Talk about healing a little bit more. I know from yes, last Sunday, we talked about 1 Peter 2.24. And it talks about Jesus bore our sins in his body. And then it says that there was no guile or no deceit found in his mouth. And it says, by whose stripes you were healed. Uh, and we were healed. We are healed. I'm telling you, we're healed from the crown of our head to the soles of our body. We're not the sick trying to get healed. We're the healed protecting our health. Amen. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1. And I'm not telling you something that I don't do. I, there are times that, that if I'm dealing with some kind of sickness or disease, I will... Lay in, my lay in my bed and I will meditate on the scriptures. I'll pull out my scriptures and I'll highlight and I'll meditate on the fact that Jesus has provided healing for me. And I think about it. Courtney and I used to do this much more earlier on in our marriage. We used to listen to a healing CD where there's nothing but healing scriptures are being played over and over. While I'm trying to get that into my subconscious. One of, the, one of the deal breakers from when I was dating my wife is that I needed her to believe in healing. I said, because if I'm sick, I don't need somebody to say, you're going to die. <laughs> I need somebody to be in agreement. Hey, you're going to live and not die. Somebody to stand with me. Now, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. Uh, one through, yeah, 1 through 5, it says, this is David. And he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Notice he's not commanding us to bless the Lord, but he's commanding his soul to bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul. Soul, I'm commanding you to bless the Lord. How many know that you, it takes faith to, to command your soul to bless the Lord? Your soul wants to do everything else but bless the Lord. Your soul wants to think about what you're going to eat after service. Your soul is going to, you know, your soul is thinking about what your television show is coming on. But I'm telling you, you got to command your soul to bless the Lord. Soul, what is your soul? Your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, your personality. You got to command that part of you to bless the Lord. Your spirit is already willing, but it's your soul that is a, there's a fight. To, to, to command it, to, line, to make it line up. So, so, so bless the Lord. So I command you to bless the Lord. So think about the Lord. Bless him. Make him glad. Make him rise from his throne to inherit your praise. His praises. All right, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. So what's inside of you? What's within you? 
Perhaps it's a disease. Command that disease to bless the Lord. Command, perhaps it's an evil spirit inside of you. Command that evil spirit to, all that is within me, bless the Lord. We know that no evil spirit will bless the Lord. We know that no disease will bless the Lord. What's going to happen? Those things are going to leave. I think that there is something to it. When you command everything that's inside of you to bless the Lord, whatever is not right is going to leave. Amen? Where there is darkness, light will come. Because you're commanding your soul to line up with the Lord, to bless his, his holy name. It says, bless his holy name. That's the next part. I didn't know that. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's doing it twice. And what? Forgetting not all his benefits. I think sometimes we forget his benefits. How many forget the benefits of the Lord at times? Sometimes we do. We forget his benefits. So bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And these are his benefits. Verse 3. And forgives all your what? Iniquity, right? Who heals all your what? Diseases. Who redeems your life from what? Destruction or the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So here are the benefits. Salvation is not complete if you only focus on the forgiveness of sins. This is why back in the day they used to call it um, full gospel. The full gospel. Everybody say full gospel. The full gospel includes forgiveness of sins, healing for our diseases, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, Walking by faith, our financial needs met, protection, wisdom, and so forth. The full gospel, the whole gospel. What, ha what has happened is that people have preached one part of the gospel. Are you listening to me this morning? Um, people have preached one element of the gospel, and that's the forgiveness of sins. But there's a whole lot more to the gospel than the forgiveness of sins. Are you with me? So there's the forgiveness of sins. There's the healing of our physical bodies. And let's take a look at this. It says, who forgive us all our iniquity and who heals all of our, your diseases. So, so, so does the Lord heal your diseases? You can claim this. You can take this to the bank. Whatever disease that you may be facing, there is healing in the atoning work of Jesus. Remember Exodus, we just read Exodus 15 verse 26. He is the Lord that is our healer. He's your healer. Saints of God, he's your healer. So be quick to look to him. When your child is sick, be quick to lay hands on your child and command that sickness to leave. Look to the father who is the healer. Look to the son who, who manifested the healing power of God. It says, who heals all your diseases. Verse 4 says, who redeems your life from the pit, or King James says, from destruction. So if there's some destruction going around you, you are redeemed from destruction. What did the scripture says? Let the redeem of the Lord say so. What are we supposed to be saying? We redeem from destruction. We're redeemed from sickness and disease. We redeem from poverty. We redeemed from spiritual death. And he goes on. He says he crowns your life or who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. God crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. And he satisfies us with good so that our youth is, is renewed like the eagles. 
so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 107. Let's, let's look at verse 2 first. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Yeah. The covenant of healing is real. And this is not, don't only look to your doctors. And I'm not telling you not to take your medicine, but take your medicine in Jesus' name, but look to the, the, the great physician. Look to the balm in Gilead. Look to the healer. Take your medicine, but do what you got to do nat spiritually. I think we're spiritually lazy people. Come on, come on, say yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we're spiritually lazy because we got to fight in the realm of faith. We got to fight the good fight of faith. Verse 2 says what? Psalm 107 verse 2 says, no, let's start with verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the what? Redeem of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from what? From the hand of the enemy. ESV says what? From trouble. He has redeemed us from trouble. He's redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Why are we still dealing with what the enemy's stuff? He, we're redeemed from that. We're redeemed from destruction. We're redeemed from the pit. And we're redeemed from trouble. Look, jump down to verse 20. It says, and he sent out his word. And what, what did the word do? Healed them and what, and what else? Deliver them from here, here. This is it again. Here we delivered from destruction and he sent his word and he healed us. He, he, he sent his word and healed us. The word of God is not just so that you can get a bunch of knowledge. It's so that you can experience the presence of God, the power of God, the benefits in your salvation. Amen. Part of your salvation package is healing. Is destruction from, redemption from destruction. You've been redeemed from destruction. It should not come near this house. We don't have to believe that our children are going to sow wild oats. We can train them in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. They say, oh, that's not a promise. It's just a proverb. Oh, be quiet. It's too late to tell me that. You don't have to be a teenager sowing wild oats. You can be a teenager and do the right thing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We can raise up. Do you know that the teenager didn't exist 100 years ago? You, they went from 12, about 12 years old. You're a grown man. Go to work. That's why we have the child labor laws, right? <laughs> we had 12-year-olds going to work. They were grown men. We're going to work. What you talking about, mama? I'm going to work. This is my money. Can you imagine being 12 years old now and a 12-year-old, I'm going to work? We need to start thinking beyond the teenage years. Start raising up giants to fight. I mean, raising up boys to fight giants. Raising up future men and future husbands and future um, wives and future um, entrepreneurs. Come on. We, we got, I, I saw something recently. Um, uh, T.D. Jakes, Bishop Jakes was interviewing a 17-year-old who was a millionaire. Oh, my. I think, that, I think the parents, this has something to do with that. You just don't get that just, you know, we all have been 17, and I don't think we were millionaires at that time, but there was something that parents did intentionally. I, think, I don't think we train our children purposely. We just allow the world to train them. Allow the television or iPhone or iPad to train them. Come on, we got to get, get 
get to the root of stuff and, and think about them long term and not just now. Amen. That was free. Go to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Psalm 118. The covenant of healing. I hope you're highlighting or underlining it or something so that you can go back later and look at these. Psalm 118, verse 17. Psalm 118, verse 17, it says, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount or declare the deeds of the works of the Lord. You should confess that over yourselves and over your children. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. If you're facing a sickness or there's somebody who, who you need to minister to, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. You will live and not die. You got you to gotta cultivate a fighting spirit. You got to say, I'm going to, you know, people in the world, they do this all the time. And some of them are not even saved. They fight cancer. They say, you know what, cancer, you're not going to take me out. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to rise up. You got to have a fighting spirit. I think some of some people, they get lazy and they just, oh, let me just die. And let this cancer kill me. Don't let cancer kill you. There's people who's not saved who rise up and fight cancer and win. That's why they have this. I'm a survivor. I'm a cancer survivor. I beat cancer. Why? Get ahead of fighting spirit. Get it. Pray for a fighting spirit. Not to fight other people, but fight the good fight of faith. Fight the enemy. Come on. Fight, fight for what God has given you in Christ. God gave you peace in Christ. So fight for your peace. Don't allow anyone to disturb your peace. Don't let anyone um, cause you to stumble because of their ungodly decisions. Fight for what is yours in Christ. Fight for your children to be. Listen, I, I'm going to talk about this. We are, we're preparing a lesson for children, um, parents, and, and um, the family. Don't allow. I'm, I'm amazed how many parents allow sports to take the place of God on Sundays. As our children grow up and, and they're involved in sports or ballet or different things, activities, do not allow that to take the place of Sunday worship. You should say, no, they can play, but it's going to be after church. This is important to me. I have had friends, I have friends who says, oh, you know, we miss church almost, you know, during soccer season. We miss it probably the whole entire time. I mean, are you serious for sports? So God or sports? So you rather have your kids in sports so they can feel good instead of raising them up in the way they should go and honoring the Lord on the Sabbath day. I know that's not popular, but it's a reality. You got to fight for that. I'm telling you, fight with conviction. Says, no, okay, they can come to your little sports game, their little sports game, but it's going to be after church. I got convicted when I was working at Enterprise, and, and this Lord dealing with me like, how can you, you, you're not even honoring the Sabbath. You're working on this day. I know sometimes people have to work, but don't allow other stuff. I mean, there are laws in place that says, you know what? If you have a religion and it's on this particular day, we honor that, as most companies will, right? Y'all know that, right? Yeah. So we're going to fight for that. And, and, and you have to have that conviction. I can't give it to you, but you got to come to the conclusion. As your children grow up, mm, I'm not going to allow sports. 
coach, I know you're going to put them on a bench, but we are religious, and this is part of my, my religion. It's on Sundays they go to church. All right, nobody got, nobody said anything, but I'm telling you, get that conviction. Get that conviction. Say, no, he's not playing then. I guess he won't be starting on your little game. See, if he starts, the blessing going to be on this game. We're going to honor the Lord. I'm telling you, look at Chick-fil-A. They decided to not open on Sundays in honor of what the Lord's Sabbath. And for several years, they've been number one, fast food. Number, that, there's something to that. And plus, they tithe, too. They take 10% of what, what it's good, too, on top of that. They take 10% of what comes into that company, and they give to charities and churches and different stuff. So there, there, there is something there when you do what the Lord tells you to do. All right, I'm going to get off of that soap box. I will live and not die. So I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will live and not die. And declare, and declare the works of the Lord. Of the Lord. I, will I will live and not die. And declare, and declare the, works of the, Lord. the works of the Lord. Listen, say that over your children, say it over your spouse, say, begin to declare that. I will live and not die. Declare the works of the Lord. Even if you got pain in your body, declare what the word of God says. I will live and not die. There was a lady, listen to this story. There was a, a lady whose husband, um, they only been married a, couple, a few months. And um, she, she, um, he was in ICU. Preacher came and, and began to minister to them and says, you know what? Begin to take this Psalm, Psalm 118, verse 17, and declare that over your husband. And, and she said it about, a, about two or 3,000 times a day. Says, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Within six months, the Lord raised that young man up. And now, at that time, he was the youth pastor of that church. He became the youth pastor of the church they attended. I'm telling you, there's power in your words. And we talked about that for quite some time, that you got to declare what God says. I'm not telling you to say something else, but say what the word of God says. Okay, go with me to Isaiah 53. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? The covenant of healing. Healing belongs to you. It is the children's bread. It belongs to you. You have a right to the covenant of God as it relates to healing. Healing for your physical body. You don't have to put up with sickness or disease or um, of the flu or, or the simple cold or whatever the case may be. You can live and not die. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our what? Griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Let's take a look at this, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. That word griefs in the um, Hebrew means sickness, sickness and disease. Surely he has borne our sickness and disease, and he carried our sorrows mean pains. In the Hebrew, it means pains. You can look it up, look it up online, it'll tell you this. Sorrows mean, uh, sorrows mean pain, and griefs mean sickness and disease. Surely he is born, talking about Jesus, Jesus bore our sickness and our disease, and he carried our pains. Get a visual of this. Get a visual of this. Jesus bore your sickness and your disease, and he carried your pain. 
So if he took upon himself my sickness and disease and pain, what am I doing dealing with it? Let's continue. Verse 5. But he was pierced for our what? Transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds or with his stripes we are what? We are healed. It's not talking about spiritual healing. It's talking about physical healing. So as you can see, there is healing in the intoning work of Jesus. Jump down to verse 10. And yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. The word grief here, again, in the, King, uh, in the Hebrew, it means sickness. So God made Jesus to be sick for me and for you. Jesus was sick. Sickness was placed upon Jesus so that you and I didn't have to deal with it. Okay, go with me to Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Let's look at verse 17. Let's, let's start with verse 16. Oh, sorry, verse 14. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. All right, it says, And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law, Lying sick with a fever, he touched her hand, and the fever left her. She rose and began to serve him, and that evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. And he cast out the spirits with a word, and what, what's the next part? How many did he heal? He healed all who were what? Sick. sick. Um, so it's healing for us. If Jesus healed all back then, yeah. is that available for us today? Yeah. Yeah. He healed all. He didn't selectively say, oh, you're healed and you're not healed. Uh, is my will for you to be healed? My, no. He says he healed all of them. Verse 17. And this was the fulfillment, or this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And what, what does that say? He took our word, what? Affirmities or illnesses and bore our... Sicknesses or diseases. So Jesus took upon our illnesses or sicknesses and he bore our diseases. I want you to see that, that this is not talking about a spiritual sickness. This is talking about physical, right? Because he just got finished um, speaking to the first, causing the fever to leave Peter's mother-in-law. He just got finished speaking the word to evil spirits, and they were, they were leaving him, and then he just got finished healing all who were sick. So it's talking about a physical healling. He took upon our, everybody say, he took upon mine, sickness and disease. He bore my disease. Amen. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. See this. Are you seeing this? That Isaiah was prophesying about the cross. Matthew is in the midst of it and says the fulfillment of this Isaiah right here is just now displayed. He bore our sicknesses or our illnesses and he carried our diseases. Amen. Go, okay, my last scripture for tonight, today, I mean, 1 Peter. Let's go back to 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, 24 says this. 
he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we may die to sin and to live to righteousness and by his what? Stripes you have been healed. So by the stripes of Jesus or by the wounds of Jesus, you are healed. It is God's will for you and I to be healed of sickness and diseases. And my 10th chapter, my 10th verse, uh, uh, um, chapter, scripture, I should say, Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Go ahead and write that down. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How many know that sickness and disease is a curse? It's a curse. There's nothing profitable about being sick. All right, real quick, I'm just going to give you five reasons why people don't receive their healing. Five, at least there's many more, but there, there are at least five reasons people fail to receive physical healing. The first reason I want to submit to you is a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. The Bible says, uh, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So there's reasons why people don't receive because they don't know that it's God's will. Number two, some people fail to receive physical healing. It's because they don't believe it is God's will for them to be healed. They don't believe that it's God's will for them to be healed. I wonder why. Well, one reason may be because they feel like God is punishing them for something they did in the past. How many ever heard somebody say something like that? Or maybe you perhaps felt like that. Maybe God is not answering my prayers because of something that I did in my past. That is a lie. God does not hold your past over your head. Then in the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things are what? Passed away and all things are new. So what has happened in the past has passed. So don't allow the enemy to tell you that the reason you're not being blessed or you're not being prosperous or you're not healed is because of something that you did in the past. It is forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, God does not remember or associate you with that sin. It's under the blood. Everybody say it's under the blood. Don't ever allow the enemy to tell you the reason why you are not experiencing the abundant life is because something that has happened in your past. Number three, some people fail to receive healing because they get lazy with their faith. They don't want to take the time to take, to find scriptures to cover their cases. All right. It's easy to say, I claim healing and don't do nothing else. You got to meditate on these promises. Take these scriptures and think about them. Print them out. Write them on a little index card. Have them in your, uh, on your dashboard. Tape them in your mirror in the morning. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm telling you, begin to develop and cultivate a lifestyle of meditating these promises. Remember what we read earlier, that the promises are given so that we can be partakers of the divine nature of God. God has given us his promises so that we can partake of his life. Listen, that's enough to shout right there. God has given us his promises so that we can be partaker of his life. 
The reason why we're not experiencing the abundant life because we're not partaking, we're not, uh, we don't understand these promises. And they're be given to us so that we can escape the corruption that's in the world. Sickness, disease, poverty, loneliness, fear, all of that is in the world. And those promises are given to us so we can escape those things. Didn't I read you several scriptures that talk about we redeemed from destruction? Yes. We redeemed from sickness and disease, that he's the Lord, your healer. He, is, um, he sent his word and healed us. He took upon our infirmities and, and, and carried our diseases. He bore our pains. Why are we dealing with it? So number three is the, the, um, the people get lazy with their faith. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to open their mouths. They rather look at television or be on social media than meditating the scriptures. I'm guilty. But I'm telling you, you need to get, make time for it. People just want a, a, a quick microwave healing. Let me just come and get healed and bam. Oh, it didn't work, Pastor Dwayne. No, maybe you didn't meditate in it. Sometimes we got so much unbelief in us that that. Reading it one time is not going to do it. Yeah. Or confessing it one time, but it's a, meta, it's a constant battle. Of, you're battling against doubt and unbelief. Notice it's the fight, a good fight of faith. Number five, four, the reason why people, some people fail to receive healing in their physical body is that they waver in their faith. They waver in their faith. They say they're healed in front of people, and they say they don't know when they're in private. I don't know if the Lord's going to heal me. How many ever done that? Come on, talk to me. It's easy to make these confessions in front of other believers. I'm healed. I'm redeemed. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm out of debt. All my needs are met. Then Monday morning you get a bill unexpectedly. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it. They give up. Within consistency lies the power. If you're consistent, you can experience the power of what you're believing for. And my last reason, this is my reason, these are five reasons, five of the many, is that they don't do the possible. The reason that some people fail to receive physical healing for their bodies is because they don't do the possible. They don't do the possible. I may know that God expects us to do the possible. If you know that eating bad food is going to contribute to your disease, stop eating bad food. Right. Yeah. I'm convicted. Come on. Look at the pastor and say, that means you too, pastor. Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we have to do the possible. That may, if it means we got to lose weight so that we can have a healing for our physical body. Amen. If it means that we, we need to take some medicine. Medicine is, is God, is, is a blessing from God. Amen. So why are you believing for your healing from the cold, right? From a physical cold. Take that medicine, suck on that lemon. How I many know oh, lemon is a natural remedy sometimes to kind of cleanse your system? Do what you got to do naturally so that you can be in a better position to receive. If that's going to relieve that pain for a, a moment or 24 hours, well, take that 24 hours and believe God. Amen. 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 Do what you got to do in the past. And I'm going to add another one. Number six is, this is not even my notes, it's unforgiveness. Oh, yeah. 
The reason why some people don't receive physical healing is because they don't forgive. We, some people are so quick to, um, to, to not forgive people, to hold grudges. You got to be quick to forgive. Don't hold. I mean, sometimes when I'm believing God for physical healing, I go down the list. Lord, I forgive so-and-so. I was going to name some names. I forgive so-and-so, and I forgive this person, and I forgive this person. Father, I release them. Unforgiveness is the quickest way for you to keep your disease. Unforgiveness is the quickest way for you to keep your disease or your sickness or your poverty or your lack of peace. You got to forgive. Be quick to forgive. Quick to forgive and quick to repent. And this is number seven. It's not on my notes. Another reason why people fail to receive because they're not doing the will of God. There's an area in their life that God has dealt with that they did not. They're not obeying him. Whether it's to start that business or whether it's to go back to school, whatever the case may be. God has I'm telling you, God is speaking to you even now. And there are things that you're supposed to be doing. God, I'm telling you, there's. There's people that God has spoken to, to give, to, to sow, to go help somebody else, and they have not moved on it again. And I know I have been guilty of dragging my feet. There's something that God dealt with me for two or three years, and I did not move on it because of fear. I'm telling you, we have to obey God. So the reason, there might be a reason why. I remember one time I was dealing with the sickness. I was going to the ER, and I was like, now is this something that you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing? God, God is dealing with you about it. And it was. And I played it off like, no, no. I, I coughing and, 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 and playing it, faking it. Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I did everything. And it's not like, you know, boy, you didn't do anything. You still lacking these areas right here. How many know that you got you to gotta obey the, the promptings of the spirit? Yeah. And whatever he tells you to do, that the reason why some people don't receive healing is because they're not doing the will of God. God is not going to heal your body so you can keep, continue to oh, disobey him. He's not going to do that. And remember, we talked about the purity of heart, having the right motives. Why do you want to get healed? Why do you want to get out of debt? Why do you want to be married? Why do you want to have kids? Why do you want to you know, be in a better position to bless somebody else? What's your motives? What are you doing? If, you, if, we, we, if we want God's best, we got to do God's best. We got to do his will. If we want his will concerning blessings, we got to do the will of God. Man, I'm preaching and teaching better. I'm telling you, I've I, 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 I never felt the, the presence of God like I have now as it relates to the teaching of God, the teaching of the word. I'm telling you, there is blessings in the, in the obedience. Be quick to obey. You know, God, God, God wants to heal your body more than you want to be healed. God wants to get you out of debt more than you want to be out of debt. God wants your children to be saved more than you want your children to be saved. He wants you to be protected more than you want to be protected because he provided for it before you were, ever got here. Whatever problems that you're facing now, there is our, God has already provided a solution for those problems right now. The solutions are already available to you right now. I'm going to stop there, and I'll continue this later on, perhaps next week or the week after. I mean, not the week after because we can go back to James. But I, I want you all to walk in God's best. I want you to walk in your covenant rights. I don't want you to be living under the curse of the law. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the word of God that is alive and well. I pray that you'll help them 
to walk in what you've called them to. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father.